When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hello, good morning. Welcome back to Live Free Creative. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. Thrilled to be recording another episode for you. Today is episode 18, and it's kind of a fun, special episode. I am going to share the recording from a talk that I shared at Creative Mornings in Richmond this last week. So if you're unfamiliar with Creative Mornings, it is a monthly breakfast club. It's free. It was founded by Swiss Miss out of Brooklyn uh, years ago. I first discovered it when I was in Austin and looking for a way to connect with the creative community. It came up in a Google search as a fun way to get together with local creatives. So there are hundreds of chapters of Creative Mornings all around the world. I'm guessing that there's one, if not in your city, in a city nearby. And it's a really fun way to interact with other people and also a really fun way to just be inspired every month. So the third Friday of every month, the local or all of the chapters all over the country, all over the world, meet together. It's all volunteer driven, 100% free. So it's free for your ticket. There's um, coffee and breakfast that's all provided by local sponsors for free. And then there's a speaker at each event that shares some sort of insight or inspiration. And I was asked in Richmond to be one of the speakers. So the December speaker for Creative Mornings Richmond. Each speaker is given a topic. My topic was tradition, which was a really fun one for December to be diving into exploring the idea of tradition and the relationship between tradition and creativity. And so I recorded my talk for you. I was really excited about it and it went very well. And I'm excited to play it for you right now. Now, remember this is a live recording, so there were one or two little kind of quirky mic things. I have a slide presentation and I'm going to link that on the show notes. So if you want to see what the slides, the slides were really supplementary. They weren't necessary. You'll get the gist of everything that I intended to share just listening to the audio recording. But if you do want to see the slides, they are in the show notes for episode 18, livefreecreative.co slash podcast. 
At the end of the talk, I also mentioned an intention card that I made for each of the attendees, and I'm going to put the printable download for that in the show notes as well. So you can head to livefreecreative.co slash podcast, check out the slides, print off an intention card to fill out for yourself if you want to share with your husband or your family. It's a really fun thing to do getting started in the new year as well. And so I'm going to play that for you right now. I hope that you enjoy it. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to share a review. We're going to send the reviewer a special package. So make sure you stick around to listen to that and find out if it's you. And with that, here is my Creative Morning Richmond talk on December 14th on the topic of tradition. Good morning. There's such good energy in the room. Everyone's excited. It must be Friday. Must be the holidays, right? Um, That was a great introduction. I want to just um, introduce myself a little bit further. Um, I'm Miranda Anderson. I'm a maker. I'm a creator. Uh, uh, My business, as Jolinda mentioned, is Live Free Creative Company. It's a design and DIY lifestyle blog where I share all kinds of tips for um, renovation, for adventures, um, traveling with a family. I also have a shop. I do digital download um, art prints. I have a weekly podcast. It comes out every Thursday. It's called Live Free Creative Company. It's Um, shares ideas for self-development so you can feel a little more free to live the life that you want. Um, I'm also a teacher and a workshop host. I teach craft and um, social media strategy workshops throughout the country. I'm going to move to this side and see how that works. Um, I'm a minimalist. I'm a taco addict. I love cactus. I'm also a wife and a mom. I have three kids. I have a dog. I have chickens. I've got a whole lot happening. Um, All good things. Uh, And it's interesting, as I was getting ready to introduce myself and thinking about really like how, who am I to speak to a group of you and share, you know, anything of value, uh, all of these sort of uh, ideas about the things I do and, um, you know, maybe uh, titles or accomplishments that I have came to mind. And I realized that beyond all of that and underneath all of it maybe, what matters the most is that I'm a person with a story and a willingness to share it. And that traditionally in our society, uh, when someone stands up to speak, they introduce themselves with all of their accomplishments and the checklist of why it matters that you should listen to them, right? Um, But none of that really matters that much. What matters is that uh, I believe that my life and your lives have value um, inherently. And that none of those things that you do, the titles or the accomplishments or the boxes that you check, um, can add to the worth that you have and the connection that we can create because of our humanity. And so if you don't take home anything else from my talk today, that's something that I hope that you do uh, believe or begin to understand as we get started today. Um, So that's me. So what a fun time to meet together, right? December, the middle of December, it's like... 10 days, and 11 days until Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy winter solstice. That's coming up in a few weeks. Um, happy National Cupcake Day, that's tomorrow. And National Chocolate Covered Anything Day is also tomorrow. And National Answer the Phone Like Buddy the Elf Day is on Tuesday. So you're gonna have to wait a couple days for that one. There's a lot happening right now. Who feels like there's a lot going on? Does anyone feel the bustle of the holidays? Isn't that an appropriate word that we use for the holidays? Um, 
Why? One of the reasons is because of traditions, right? The holidays are steeped in tradition. So I want to play a little game quickly. Raise your hand if in the last two weeks you have decorated a tree. Whoa, you guys are not playing around. Um, what if you, have you eaten or drank something peppermint flavored? Have you lit a candle? Was it fir or balsam scented? Yes, <laughs> mine too. Um, tell me if you have bought a gift for someone other than yourself. <laughs> Hands stay up, good. Okay, we're all on the right track. Have you sent a card? If you haven't, there's some in the back there. Um, okay, you guys, we are living parallel lives. We are all doing the same things. Um, why? That's the question. Do we know why we do any of those things during the holidays? Have you stopped to ask yourself what it is about peppermint in December? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Will I complain about it? No, because I love it. But what is the meaning or the symbolism behind some of the rites and rituals and traditions that we follow during the season? Another important question you might ask yourself, especially if you're feeling a little bit hurried or feeling a little bit overwhelmed or feeling like you might not get to all of the boxes on your list, is how do these traditions contribute to your overall well-being? Do they contribute to your overall well-being? How do the things that you do during this time of year and throughout your life serve you? I want to talk today, this is Creative Mornings, and so we're all creative people here, right? We believe that everyone is creative. And it's been so interesting as I've been thinking and um, pondering and researching a little bit this last month preparing for this talk about tradition and creativity and how they're seemingly at odds. There's a paradox happening between tradition and creativity, and I want to discuss that a little bit with you. Um, what is tradition? Tradition goes back to the beginning of time. Tradition is doing the same thing over and over. It's the rites and rituals that are passed down through families, through religions, through cultures and peoples. Traditions mean you know what to do because it's, al it's always been done, right? That's, that's why we all raised our hands you know, 15 times in a row, because tradition is doing the same thing, because that's what you do. The principles of tradition are important. Traditions connect like-minded communities. Traditions build identity. And in fact, there's some really interesting studies that have come out about children um, raised in families with really strong familial traditions that they feel they, uh, they have a stronger sense of identity because they know that this is what they do in their family. I'm one of those children. I come from a family full of tradition, and I'm gonna share some more about that. But tradition really does build identity. When you can identify with a group because you do the things that they do, then you feel a little bit more comfortable there, right? Tradition also can inspire a deeper meaning for everyday life. There is some reason that we do those things that we, that we do. We might not know what they are. Wikipedia might be able to tell you a little bit later. I'm gonna, I'll get on your phones with Peppermint December. I don't know. Um, if we know the symbolism, 
then it's, there's a higher probability that it's going to add meaning to our lives. If we do a little bit research and we understand the reasons that we're doing the things that we do, that will help to inspire the, this deeper meaning for our everyday lives. I want to share a little bit about my family traditions growing up. So I came, like I said, from a family that had a lot of traditions, um, religious and otherwise. One of my favorite traditions, non-religious, was Valentine's Day books. Now I did not know that Valentine's Day had romantic connotations until I was a teenager. I grew up in a family where Valentine's Day was a celebration of love for our family. My mom would close the dining room doors and we couldn't go in there. It was her secret um, special Valentine's Day dinner set up. She would close it up, she would decorate it, she'd get it all ready. We always had breakfast for dinner on Valentine's Day, which I will have every day, best dinner ever. Um, and then as it came time, she would open the doors and we would all go into the dining room that she had meticulously decorated. There would be flowers, she would have you know, red tablecloth and little heart, you know those little hearts that no one likes to eat but we all think they're funny, conversation hearts, scattered along the table center. And on each place setting, we would have a book. My mom would have chosen a book, especially for us. And you knew that she was thinking about you because it was something that you were interested in. Uh, maybe the next book in a series that you had started reading. It was maybe a book by an author that you really enjoyed or an illustrator that you just couldn't get enough of. There was no mistaking which plate was yours and your brothers or your sisters, um, which I have a lot of both, um, because it was so personal. It was such a beautiful way to share love in this really simple um, tradition of Valentine's Day books. And she would write Happy Valentine's Day in the year in there. And I still have a stack of books. You know, I'll be flipping through a book and open it up and realize, gosh, 1996, my mom just knew what I needed and gave me that Valentine's Day book. What a special tradition. Have you ever heard of that before? No. I hadn't. Will you all start doing it? Maybe some of you will. I do with my kids, and I love it. Um, another one uh, is Easter bathing suits. Now, this has nothing to do, <laughs> I know, right? <clears throat> it has nothing to do with the religious um, rites and rituals of Easter. But um, a lot of kids, whether religious or not, wake up on Easter morning to an Easter basket. And a lot of parents spend the week before Easter trying to figure out what the heck they're going to put inside the Easter basket because it's just like candy and like another stuffed bunny and what do we do and you know. So this tradition was mom, my mom's a genius basically. She created guidelines for herself for Easter so that there was never a question of what do I put in the Easter basket. Every year for Easter, we got a bathing suit. <laughs> it's the perfect Easter gift and I'll tell you why. Easter usually happens March, April, which is spring when everyone's really just excited for the summer, right? So you get your bathing suit, you're all prepped for the summer, you start swimming lessons, or you start going to the pool, you get really excited. Um, so that was something that we got every single year, we could count on it. In fact, I got to the point where I would start like very not so subtly circling the one that I liked in the catalog <laughs> and just like leaving it where the Easter bunny might happen to see it so that she would know which one to put in my basket. Another thing that I do now with my own kids, in fact, two days ago I was birthday shopping, my daughter turns five tomorrow, and I was in a store looking for a gift for her and I saw a bathing suit and I was like, it's the Easter bathing suit, and I bought it. So I am ahead of my Christmas shopping, I'm now moving on to Easter, and I've got her bathing suit now. So having that tradition 
even though it doesn't have a whole lot of meaning religiously, has created this guideline and taken away all of the questions that I might have otherwise about what to do. It's a fun tradition. Now, another one that I want to share is Abel Skeever breakfasts. Does anyone know what an Abel Skeever is, or have you had one? No. Okay, you and me, girl. <laughs> Abel Skeevers are Danish pancake balls. Um, my mother's side, my dad's family had traditions too. It sounds like I'm skewing everything towards my mom, but my dad was in there doing stuff too, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Abel Skeever breakfast. Uh, Abel Skeevers are these really fantastic pancake balls. They come from Denmark. My mom's family um, was Danish and had passed this recipe down. In fact, there's this kind of old wives' tale that I don't know is true or not, that one of my ancestors worked for the royalty, in, for the like, Danish royalty, and that this may have been one of the recipes that came out of the castle. So, it's on my blog. Um, so, this is what they look like. <clears throat> A little hint of what's to come. They're these round balls. You make the batter, and then you pour them into this special Abel Skeever pan, which has these divots in it. They kind of are golf ball sized about. And then you have to turn them. So they kind of fry on one side, and then you turn them a quarter, and then they've formed. And so then you can turn them another quarter. And when you're finished, if you've done it right, you have a perfect pancake sphere that's hollow in the middle. In Denmark, they put applesauce inside them. That's where the Abel comes from, the apple. But we abandoned that tradition at some point of the apples, and we just left ours empty to fill with melted butter and powdered sugar, as one should, right? <laughs> so this is what my family had for breakfast every single holiday. Birthday breakfast were Abel skewers. Christmas morning was Abel skewers. Breakfast for dinner on Valentine's Day, Abel skewers. This was what we had all the time. They were fantastic. and. The kicker was that we couldn't have them any other time. So if you felt like Abel Skeevers on a Saturday morning in the middle of July, you were out of luck. You had to wait for the next holiday to have them. So when I got married, my grandmother gave me an Abel Skeever pan. My first birthday after I got married, my husband, just bless his heart, um, woke up and was like, OK, I need to use this pan. And he looked up at a recipe online, and he found a recipe for Abel Skeevers, not the right recipe. And he <laughs> made them, and he brought me in breakfast in bed, and there were these, what looked like Abel Skeevers. They were a little bit of a mockery of Abel Skeevers. And inside, he had stuffed goat cheese and cherries, which are two of my very favorite things. It sounds delicious, right? It was all wrong. I was like, what is this? This is not the Abel Skeever of my childhood. We got, we got over it. We made it through. We've been married 12 years now, so it wasn't the end of us. Um, but we learned together how to make Abel Skeevers the right way. Um, and we, we went on to do so for many, many years. Um, and then I started having kids. Any of you have kids? That complicates life, doesn't it? A little bit. Oh, guys, all of my favorite things. Okay, here we go. We're back to me blaspheming this tradition. It's coming. Um, so we have kids, and then we have, well, we have a child, and then we have another child, and then I'm expecting my third child. I'm 15 weeks pregnant. We've just moved to Texas. I have a four-year-old. I have one about to turn two, and it's his birthday, and that means Abel Skeevers, and I sleep in. Now, Abel Skeevers takes some time. It takes about an hour to prep the, you know, 
all the batter and to whip all the eggs properly. And then you can only make six at a time because of the dang pan. And so you have to turn them all, you know. It's like this whole process. And I slept in and I'm pregnant and everyone's asleep and I'm overwhelmed and I'm thinking there is nothing fun about the Able Skeevers. I hate the Able Skeevers. And I got in my minivan and I drove to the nearest Dunkin' Donuts and I bought a dozen sprinkle donuts and I brought them home and put them on the table and my two-year-old woke up and came into the kitchen and his eyes were as wide as saucers and he saw the pile of sprinkled donuts and had the biggest grin I had ever seen in my entire life and was so happy that for his birthday breakfast I had brought home sprinkled donuts and I realized that it was okay that I hadn't spent an hour making Able Skeevers because all my two-year-old wanted anyway was sprinkled donuts and he was so thrilled and then the four-year-old woke up and he even knows what a donut is you know so he's like ah they're losing their minds over sprinkled donuts and I'm thinking what have I been doing my whole life? <laughs> what is happening? The sprinkled donuts are all they need. The sprinkled donuts on birthday mornings allow us to feel all of the love and the meaning of this birthday celebration without all of the headache and without all of the baggage of doing it just right all the time. So I learned that I get to choose the traditions that I follow. And I learned also that I can create traditions. I can create traditions that have meaning for myself and my family and that allow us to feel with intention all of the things that we really want to feel. The things that I want to feel on my child's birthday are not frustration and overwhelm and panic. The things that I want to feel are ease and enjoyment and satisfaction. A sprinkled donut will allow you all of those things. <laughs> So just so you know, we're not total blasphemers. We do make Ebelskevers still in my family, but we make them when we have time, when no one has to go to school first thing in the morning. A lot of times they're more like a brunch, you know, give ourselves time to sleep and make the Ebelskevers. So it's still part of our family tradition, but we just decided to step a little bit outside of doing it exactly the way that it had always been done, and we're better for it. So what is creativity? We talked about tradition being the thing that you do the same every single time, doing the thing that has always been done. Creativity is doing something new and different. We would like to think that creativity is doing something that has never been done, right? But we all know better than that. <laughs> it's all been done. But creativity is thinking outside the box. It's coming up with something that matters for you. The interesting thing, though, as those seemingly opposite things, tradition, doing the thing that's always been done, and creativity, doing something new and different every time, they seem to be opposite, but the principles here are exactly the same, aren't they? Creativity connects like-minded community. Look at us here, connected because of this um, creativity that brings us together. Creativity builds identity. Who of you feels the most like yourself when you're creating? That's how I feel when I'm just doing the thing that feels like me. That's when I feel like myself. And creativity also can inspire this deeper meaning for everyday life. So as much as there's a paradox between tradition and creativity, they're just like sisters. And the thing that bridges them is intention. We bridge tradition and creativity with intention, with choosing to, to do the things that have always been done because we want to, because we understand why we do them, because they bring to our lives the type of things that we want in our lives. 
And then we choose to do things that have never been done because we want them, because they bring the types of feelings to our life that we want in our life. I want to tell you about a couple new family traditions. My family, with my husband and our children, sprinkle donuts. You already know that one. Um, if you asked my kids, now nine, seven, and four, almost five, um, what their very favorite family tradition is, without hesitation, they will all shout, Pizza Friday! <clears throat> Who has pizza on Fridays? Do some of you do this? Um, this isn't like an unheard of, like I didn't invent it and I should win a Nobel Prize because of it. Um, eating pizza and watching a movie on Friday night is something that in our house happens religiously, without fail. There is one time in the last 10 years that we have not had pizza on Fridays, and my nine-year-old will tell you about it. I was pregnant, we had Chinese food, I'm gonna chalk it up to the cravings, um, but he, you know, I can't live it down. Pizza and movie Fridays was one of those things, kind of like the Easter bathing suits, there's not a whole lot of meaning to it except for the meaning that we give to it, that it's time to spend with our family together. My kids love pizza, so it's a meal that we don't have to argue about. They love movies, so it's you know cozy. We all climb up on the couch together. Lots of pizza sauce on the rug. It's cool, I clean it up after. We just enjoy this time that we spend together. It happens all the time. It's something to look forward to. It creates anticipation, and it builds identity. If you ask, you know, if my kid's friend is like, hey, do you wanna come over and have um, you know, tacos on Friday? By the way, tacos are a Tuesday food. Um, my kid will say, no, <laughs> we have pizza on Friday. So it builds this identity in, um, in a fun way for, for the ages of my kids. Um, another thing that we've done, that my husband and I decided when we were early married, we didn't have kids yet, and we were thinking about the holidays um, and how our families do things a little bit differently. You have to navigate some of that when you're married, you know, like, your family has some traditions that I love and some I don't love, and my family has lots of traditions I love, and okay, there's a couple that I don't. Um, so we had to, we had this sort of like meeting of the minds. What do we want for our family? What is the holiday season going to look like in our house? And one of the things that we came up with that we've really loved and has added a lot of dimension and meaning to our holidays is the, the Christmas gift. We do one Christmas gift for the family from Mr. Claus. Um, he's alive and well with my youngsters. It's a themed Christmas gift. What we realized was that a lot of Christmas mornings, one kid gets a, you know, a Nintendo, and another kid gets a bicycle, and another kid gets you know, a board game. That one missed out, but they all, um, <laughs> they all go separate ways to play. So we do this whole thing, you know, the holidays are about like coming together, and then we give them things so that they all like disappear and play separately, and I'm like, what is the point of that? And so we decided that in our family, on Christmas morning, our kids would get a gift that brought us all together, a family-themed Christmas. And this is what Santa brings for us every year. Um, I'll give you some examples. A couple years ago where this picture was taken, we spent our Christmas out in West Texas in a place called Marfa, a really cool little town if you ever get out there. Um, we rented this vintage trailer. We had an, you know, this vintage Christmas, and Santa brought uh, camping gear. So each of us got a new sleeping bag and um, a little you know, dish set. And then we packed it all up and we went an hour away into Big Bend and we spent a couple nights camping as a family. All of those Christmas, you know, everything that we got that morning allowed us to spend more time together rather than time apart. A couple years later, we got a family bicycle. If you've seen those, it's like an actual bike with a bucket on the back with seats for all the kids. At the time we got it, all three of them could ride in it. 
now the, the boys can ride on their own, but Plum still, my daughter still rides in the bike. A gift that our whole family can use, and it's kind of hard to use it without the whole family. In fact, it is a family gift. This year, Santa brought a chicken coop and some chickens. Family chores, family pet, family gifts. We very intentionally choose to do a thing that brings our family together rather than what everyone else would say is right, just give them the thing that's on their list, right? That's not right for us. Um, and they know it. My kids don't even make Christmas lists anymore because they know that Santa's got it figured out. Um, and then the last thing that I want to share, a family tradition that I love, um, we're going to do tomorrow, I'm looking forward to it, is birthday mornings. Now, what do we have for breakfast on birthday mornings? Sprinkle donuts. We love it. Um, we also realized that birthdays are kind of like backloaded. Like you wake up in the morning and then like maybe you get to work and on Facebook someone has said happy birthday or like 700 people have said happy birthday that you haven't talked to since you were in high school. And then um, you go home and then someone might text you and then you go to dinner and then it's finally your birthday and you like get to open birthday gifts or like go out to dinner with someone and you spent the whole day like wondering if it was really your birthday. I mean, does this ring true to anyone? Right? Like what is the deal with birthdays um, happening at the end of the day when all you have left to do is go to bed? This was a problem that needed to be fixed. And so we fixed it by having birthday mornings. We instituted in our family your birthday starts right when you wake up. My kids come, I love balloons, so my kids come in, I have a helium tank at my house, <laughs> in the closet, and so we blow up balloons, there's balloons all over the table, and I throw balloons onto the floor, and we've got the sprinkle donuts in the middle of the table, all of their birthday gifts on the table, we have breakfast together, they open their gifts right there in the morning, it's their birthday, right when they wake up, they don't have to go to school if they don't want to on their birthday. That's a free pass day, so, right? So um, usually they spend the day with me. We'll choose something fun, go to the art museum or go to the science museum. Spend the day feeling like you're being celebrated because it's your birthday and you matter and it's so fun. It's just for you. It's the only holiday that is celebrated just because that person was born. Every other holiday, there's a reason that we celebrate it. Your birthday is just for you. And so we've created this tradition in our family where you get to feel that and you feel it all day long and it's amazing. My daughter turns five tomorrow. I'm already excited about it. Birthday mornings. Feel free to steal any of these for your own family if they feel right for you. So as I close today, I want you to ask yourself this question. Which traditions in your life inspire joy and connection. Which traditions this holiday season or throughout the year are ones that you love and that you understand and that add meaning? What do you want to feel during the holidays and in your life? Are the traditions that you follow allowing you to feel those things? Or do they bring up all sorts of other feelings that you don't need? How can you use your imagination to create some traditions in your life or the life of your family that are going to matter? Um, you have an intention card. It was on your seat. There's a sprinkle donut on the back of it to help you remember. Um, that has two questions on it. And I want you to take some time, whether now as you're finishing up, or as you go throughout your day, it's an especially poignant time of year to be thinking about this as well, because I want to give you permission 
to release a tradition that you follow that, that doesn't add value to your life. A lot of times we need help saying no to things that we've always done because we think that we're supposed to do all of the things. Say no to one or more that aren't adding value to your everyday life. And then I've offered an invitation for you to create a tradition that will add value and meaning and connection and love and joy and peace and all of those things that we want to feel but often have a hard time feeling on our own. Create a tradition that helps you with some of those feelings. The bridge between tradition and creativity is intention. And that's all in your hands. You get to choose. You get to create. Thank you. I think we have um, time if anyone has any questions about anything. Yeah. I feel like, and maybe your kids, I have sons as well. Okay. Maybe your kids aren't in this phase yet, but there comes a phase I'm starting to see where they, ah, oh, dad, we have to do this again. Right. You, you see that coming? Have you dealt with it in your family when you were a kid? Yeah, okay, so the question is, um, what happens when your kids get to the point that they don't really want to do the, the tr family traditions anymore? What do you do? Um, so there's a couple things that come to mind. One is at that point when they start to kind of have their own mind, and I'm not a parenting expert. I have, my oldest is nine, so like, um, I, I think what I will do is to start asking, um, how would you like to do this, you know, depending on what it is. If it's a tradition that you just created for fun and the purpose is to have meaning and, and you know, love and connection, then maybe involve them a little bit in the process. Okay, so, you know, you don't like pizza anymore. Maybe we've outgrown that one. What do, you know, what do you want? What, what could we do that, that, that you could feel a part of it um, if that's the purpose? If it, you know, if, it, if it's something like a ritual or a rite that is just the way that it is, um, I think that there's something also to having that structure um, and that when you know when you're older maybe you get to choose and you get to choose for your own family um, you know we still when I go to my mom's house for Christmas we still line up at the top of the stairs in age order <laughs> in our matching pajamas I'm 35 years old I wear matching pajamas with my siblings and walk down the stairs to go into the dining room I mean Santa only comes if you believe in him and you wear your matching pajamas and you line up on the stairs with your siblings. Okay. You know, at some point, uh, there's some honoring of, of the traditions of my parents as well, even if they're things that I've chosen to do differently. And so I recognize that my kids will probably go through some of that and I'll work it out with them. And I think that it's interesting to open the idea that... Um, that maybe all of the traditions that you have don't have to be the way that they are. Like maybe there is some room for creativity. Maybe there is some room for flexibility and involving everyone. Um, so that's something I'd invite you to explore. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. In-laws. <laughs> I spent years and years creating these perfect 
Yeah. <laughs> so I really, um, I really believe, like my whole, I feel like what I've been learning and sharing for the last several years is the idea that you get to choose what you want for your life. That's a really, really powerful um, idea that a lot of us, for whatever reason, don't understand. For whatever reason, we get put on this path and there's family pressure and there's societal pressure and there's cultural pressure and we sort of just go down the path that has been laid before us because that is what people do. And I choose to believe that I don't have to follow that path, that I know myself better than my in-laws do. I love my in-laws. Um, and gratefully, I have ones that would never expect me to do anything that they, you know, that, that they say. <laughs> um, to, to be frank. <laughs> um, so I think that there is a way to, um, and, and it's a fine line probably, to, with grace and gratitude, honor the lives that have been lived to you know, bring us to the point where we are, the lessons that we have learned from the people who have laid down those pathways, and to have the um, understanding and the courage to choose for ourselves what matter to us. And, um, and to do that kindly and you know, with love, um, and, and to live the life that you want. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's yours. And um, you have to be the one in the driver's seat. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. Um, so was there a particular tradition that you bought or an experience that kind of led you down this path that you can remember that you can pinpoint, or do you always feel like you've been like, I'm going to do my own thing? Um, that's a good question. Um, I feel like I've bucked a lot of traditions. Um, like, I, I mean, I, I grew up in the family with so many. Um, and not all of them serve me, but even just like societally, um, for example, a big one, we talked about this a little bit over tacos, um, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> I will eat tacos any day of the week, just for the record. Um, in 2017, I, it was just right after the holidays, this was the first week of the year, and I felt um, so encumbered by what we're supposed to do as people. Um, I had just cleaned out some cupboards in my cabinets, in my kitchen, and realized like we had so much stuff, and um, we had just done the holidays, and it was really fun, but it's so much, and I just kept feeling like, oh, we have so much stuff, and everything is so much, and so much is expected of us all the time, and there's activities, and there's you know, things, and to-do lists, and, and then stuff, actual physical stuff we're supposed to buy, and I decided with my husband that um, we, were, we were gonna say no more stuff. Um, for the year. So we took the year of 2017 and we stopped buying anything that wasn't a, a consumable good. So we bought groceries for our youngsters to eat. <laughs> and we bought toilet paper and we bought, you know, printer ink that probably far too often because doesn't that run out before any of us are ready. Um, but we didn't buy anything. We didn't buy clothes or shoes or furniture or anything in the dollar spot at Target. We didn't buy electronics. Um, we didn't upgrade, you know, any of our technology. Um, we just didn't buy any more stuff. And we spent the year experimenting with minimalism. What we, that's what we called it. And, and at the same time, we got rid of stuff. And so there, there's all these things that we're told to do, um, you know, buy matching flag shirts for the 4th of July. 
we don't need a matching flag shirt. We have a shirt, it works fine. We're not gonna buy that. Um, you know, so much like buy this, buy that all the time. You need a new this, you're going somewhere, do this. Um, even things like uh, mowing the lawn, we, we, would, we shared a lawnmower with our neighbors and would just borrow that rather than like, we need this new tool, we'd find someone and borrow it. And we found through this process that we were creating community because we were borrowing and sharing rather than always buying something new, um, that we were understanding what it is that we really need in our lives and what we really want and what matters the most to us. And it became so easy then to turn off all of the messaging that says this is what you need, this is the pathway that's right for you. Because we just, we just turned it off. And um, you know, 2018 hit, we had moved to Richmond, downsized by over half, um, and I feel like the, it was like this step to bucking essentially all capitalistic, um, commercialistic tradition and um, enabled us then to feel so much more in control of the things that matter to us. And so now when I choose something, it's because I choose it with intention, because I know that I need it, I know that I love it, it's not gonna go in a Goodwill bag next week, um, because I've, I've honed that a little bit. So I think that we spent that, there were lots of things leading up to that, um, and then that whole experience, and then there's been all of the trickling effect of like an actual shift in the culture of our family that allows us to be really clear about what matters to us, and recognize that that is so personal, and it's personal for all of you. Um, I share a lot about this on my podcast, uh, ideas of the things that we're doing, and then always reflecting back, like, and what you do will be different. The traditions that you have will be different. The choices that you make, the things that you need, that'll all be different because we're different people. And uh, deciding, that's why it matters so much that, we are, that we're empowered to choose what's right for us because what's right for us might not be right for anyone else. And so we just have to choose that. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you. Wasn't that fun? I had such an incredible experience with that group and sharing all of those thoughts. I hope that you enjoyed the talk. I hope that you learned something, that you started to think about traditions in maybe a little bit of a new way. And I hope that you are left with some ideas of maybe a couple traditions that you don't need in your life. And we talked about this a little bit a couple episodes ago with a magical minimal Christmas. And I also hope to empower you to be creative and choose some traditions that are just right for you and your family. It's so incredible and so fun and builds connection and meaning and identity to have those things that we have chosen for our own families and our own lives that feel just like us. And so I hope that you will create some time to do that for yourself. I want to quickly share a review. This review made me laugh out loud and it encompasses some of the ideas that I hope other people are feeling. Some of it. So the reviewer, the username is Natalie with two E's, J O five. N A T A L E E J O five. So if this is you, Natalie, if that's you, please send an email to Michelle, M I C H E L L E, at livefreecreative.co, and she will get your address to send you a special thank you package for your review. This is the review. It's titled Great Insights and Life Advice. So I will be honest. 
I follow Miranda on Instagram and feel like she's a nice person and all, but I don't watch all her Insta stories. She talks a lot. Haha, so when I decided to give her podcast a try, I was skeptical that I'd get anything from it. However, I was wrong. Her podcast inspires me to make small changes, and she doesn't make me feel inferior or that she's using her social influence to gain fame or that she's better or smarter than me. I hate when Instagram influencers think that the numbers make them no better or more than I do. I now think she's someone I would love to be friends with. Definitely worth a listen. Okay, Natalie, thank you so much for giving it a shot, even though you don't listen to all of my Insta stories, because I do talk a lot. I'm so glad, though, that you are inspired to make small changes and to just feel a little bit more free to live the life that you want. So thank you for that review, for taking the time not only to listen, but to head to Apple and to share the review. It makes such a huge difference for other people to be able to find the show and know what's happening with it and know that this might have something of value for their lives. So thank you so much. We're excited to put a package in the mail for you as soon as you get an email out to Michelle. This is my cue to invite the rest of you who have listened to the show but haven't yet taken the time to write a review to do that. You know, the ratings and the reviews are a little different. You can go mark your number of stars and that's a rating, but the reviews are where you actually type even just a sentence or a couple words or a couple sentences that share how you feel about the show and what it's doing for you, what you think about it. That helps other people when they are looking for a new podcast to understand maybe what they could get out of this one. I am a huge review reader. I rarely buy something without reading at least a couple reviews about it, understanding what other people think, how it's happening in real life, and If you would take the time to leave a review, it will make an impact on the ability of other people to choose Live Free Creative as a show they wanna watch. It also gives it some juice in the Apple iTunes algorithm so that people who don't know me, who don't follow me on Instagram, who don't um, read my blog, are also able to find Live Free Creative and see that it might be worthwhile for them to listen as well. I hope to continue to uplift and inspire and share messages that make a difference in your life. And I thank you so much for being here, for, for letting me speak into your ear. And I'm excited to continue sharing as the weeks go by. Thank you so much again. Have a great one. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.